Welcome, friends, to the Enduring Gifts of Marvin Gaye podcast. Brought to you by your 26-year listening veteran, Jessica. Join me as we celebrate these enduring gifts, the songs of Marvin Gaye. In each episode, I will share insights about the music and recount life experiences tied to it. I'm hoping to inspire you to take a first or your 500 first listen to these songs that are truly the enduring gifts of Marvin Gaye. Good evening, October 1st, and in a day, it reared its head via the weather. (laughs) Uh, I said that the next in-sequence album that I was getting into was I Want You, and fine and dandy, but I, I really, gosh, I'm changing my own musical intake of Marvin right now, like as I'm doing these episodes and I get into an album that I'm going to study and I'm getting into these individual songs, it is in my intro. And I'm telling you that I'm hoping to inspire you to take your first or your 500 first listen. So for me, it's probably like my 5,000 first listen to every single one of these songs, but I am hearing them afresh and anew. And I'm like, stuck on them. Like I'm still stuck on what's going on. Like tonight I just was listening to, uh, inner city blues over and over. And I'm like, Marvin is the baddest motherfucker that there ever was. Oh my God. That song. And then it is Minute 3 and 41 to 3 and 43 of Save the Children is to this day still giving me heaven. Um, how cute is God is love? Um, like I said, kind of from jump, Mercy Mercy Me was a little too over commercialized for me, but I have a brand new appreciation for that, that Mellotron that I know he's Marvin Gaye is playing that Mellotron um, right on. I'm like, hell yeah. That is Marvin opening up the can of Marvin Gaye on us. Um, Holy, holy. I never even touched on that. But Aretha Franklin, at the time, Aretha Aretha. Franklin. And at the time, felt the need to live record Holy Holy. Okay. She made that her own, but damn, Marvin, really? Aretha? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what's happening, brother, has always been just an adorable, cute little less than three minute story, right? He's taking you to his hood and he's just talking to the the people in the hood. And then 
of course there's what's going on, right? Like there's just, if, if there's only one song that, you know, what that you would know, I would be proud of you if it's what's going on. Okay. Um, flying high in the friendly sky. So like, I haven't moved on to, I want just like me right now in, you know, as of like the last episode that I recorded for you until today, October 1st, I haven't a whole, whole lot gotten into, um, I want you again. That's a whole experience. And that's like the experience of my life (laughs) for a decade. Uh, and so sometimes it, like, I told you in one of the last episodes, it was like, uh, my life became my story, right? I was telling you, I used to write these little stories. Oh my God. So, uh, I found the story, right? And I did, I just, I hit record and I started reading it and the story doesn't suck, dude. I have to admit the story doesn't suck. And I guess I did like two versions of the story because one legitimately is like only like five or six pages of the story. But like on page three, I can see that I gave myself like options because then there was this other stack of paper that didn't really have a beginning And I was looking through, I was like, where does the beginning of this start? And I was like, oh, I wrote this story like two or three different ways because I have to read the first three pages. And then when I get to the end of this paragraph, I could keep going in the little stapled batch that I have right here. Or the story could like totally go the way of these next 20 pages. And so I was like, let's see what the 20 pages say, because this is already a good time, like what I'm reading right now. So... There's some limitations to me sharing this story with you. Um, it doesn't suck, but it is written from a 15 year old's mind. And I was a sheltered little girl growing up. If, you know, you haven't been able to pick up on that yet, you know, and, um, it's like my mindset and what my mind was able to process and have a capacity of knowing about love and life. Uh, it's written from that incapacity. <laughs> I, and then also, I don't have a, um, you know, read an audible book voice. I was recording it and then I tried to play it back and I was like, even your voice doesn't read a book well. You know what I mean? Like, I would have to really focus on speaking it just right if I was going to, you know, share it with you guys. Um, but I may do it because I'm into like page six or seven of this thing. And though it does have its limitations because it's coming from a little 15 year old mind, what I can see is that it is giving you the story of like several songs. Like I've got about two or three albums that it's a song for like a a little part of the story. And I'm like, I'm reading it. And I'm not necessarily calling out the lyrics of the song and the story, but as this, I'm hearing the song as I'm reading, I'm telling you, that's how you start these stories. So let me get it right. Okay. And then like the last limitation of that though is full. I do not know what the fuck font I was using. It's like four point font and it's like not even single space. It's like half space. (laughs) 
So I need to get like a magnifying glass to read this shit because the font is so small and the spacing between the lines is so tight. And then there's like 40 pages of that shit. So <laughs> it's easy for me to lose like even the line that I'm on. So, but yeah, um, I may go ahead and share it because uh, here was one other limitation. So I was reading along and like I told you though, these were some Falcon Crest dynasty, you know, the guiding light, just the drama. And so I was trying to keep, you know, just read it. I was just trying to read it right. You know, and <laughs> I got to this one line that I wrote and it was like, okay, the drama is so, I had to stop and I just couldn't help but start laughing. So, um, yeah. So, but I, you know, it, it, it doesn't suck. I'm, I'm curious to see where I went with the rest of the story. So anyway, why I'm recording this right now is because I want to share with you guys, like something that I came across for myself, uh, the end of last week at work. I, uh, was, I, I don't know why or how I started to do this, but I got onto my YouTube channel cause I, like I, I've already told you guys, I watch YouTube all the time and I watch it. Uh, I don't watch it. I listen to it during the day at work, right? Like there's certain shows that are kind of little talk shows. So you can just have it totally not even on your screen, but you're just hearing it. And so one day though, it was like, you know what? Well, I have built up my little Marvin Gaye playlist on my YouTube channel to some sickness status right now though because I have put like my favorite song so far and I only have I think now it said maybe I was at 50 songs in my playlist okay hold on oh I, I don't do don't do it don't do it okay I um almost started to play something here um let's see here so yeah I one day I'm at work and I get into my YouTube channel and I was fiending for some of my songs that I have put on this channel that I don't have access to in Spotify, like the Marvin Gaye collection songs, right? They're not in Spotify. So ah, that is the thing about this app though, on different devices. I'm trying to look at this on my TV right now and it's not giving me a count Whereas when I look at it on my phone, like it immediately just tell, oh, 52. It's at the top now. 52 videos. Because, drum roll please, this is what this episode is going to be about. A 10 minute preamble into what this episode is going to be about. <sighs> Last night, I got started and I could not stop until I had done what I needed to do for you guys right here. I gave you guys the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye. You cannot, I talked shit about how a couple of these songs are grayed out on Spotify. Spotify does not have one of these songs on there. <laughs> where I, the app that I was using where like two songs were available and the rest of the songs were grayed out. That was on Apple music. And so one day I was at work 
And I wanted to hear, I was like, I got to hear the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye. Cause it's definitely not one that I've ever studied hardcore. I don't know these songs by heart, but I was like, I want to hear the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye. So I feel like I got straight out of Spotify and just went to Google and typed it in. And then there were, I think, I feel like about the only app that came up that had it um, for streaming was Apple Music. And they had two songs that you could just listen to, but then the rest of them were grayed out. And the only way you could get access to that is you have to sign up for their, you know, the 995, whatever, 999 monthly plan to get access to the rest of them. So I was like, well, okay. So I did that, but it was on this little trial thing, like a, a week long free trial or whatever. So I signed up for that. I listened to the album one time and then I was like, fuck this. I'm going to cancel this. So I did. And that is the only place that had it available for pay, right? For pay. And Spotify doesn't even have a song of it on there. So uh, the mission of this YouTube channel, as I stated before, you know, like ride with me because I'm going to give you my shit for free that you're not finding anyplace else. I want to like circle you guys around to this now because my shit is legit for you guys right now and it's only going to continue to grow you just got to give me time it is time consuming for me i got started on that shit probably about i don't know seven o'clock last night and i couldn't finish it like i said i got on a roll and i just couldn't i couldn't give you only nine of the 11s i was like fuck it as long as i'm doing it i gotta give you guys this whole thing in one fell swoop and i didn't finish this shit until 12 30 of course, I didn't sit here and do only that all night long, but, you know, I just wanted to give you the full thing all at once. So, cause it's like, you know, I just gonna, yes, give you time, but shit, focus on it every now and then too and do it. So <laughs> what it was occurring to me lately was that, you know, I remembered I, cause I was looking in Spotify. I, I have gone into Spotify and I've typed in soulful moods of Marvin Gaye. It gives me zero results. That's what it tells me. Zero results. And then I remembered it was like, fuck, I was on Apple music. So I was like, okay, like I am leaving my people hanging because without paying for a service, you guys cannot access this to stream it, to stream it. Okay. You can have it as a disc. Does your computer at work have a disc player? My little, I have a quote unquote desktop computer and my little tower is about half an inch high. It's this little square. It is really weird. And so there's definitely no CD player on it because I have the disc, right? So last night I made you individual videos for all 11 songs on the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye. And somehow last night, I also Googled the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye. Oh, yes, because I was getting the um, album art to include. And there just happened to be this little Wikipedia result for the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye. And I went ahead and took a look at this and I had to stop and I was cracking up so hard. And that is really what is driving me that I had to just stop right now and give you guys this episode. Of, and we're going to just focus on the album, The Soulful Moods of Marvin Gaye, because when I was reading <laughs> this little Wikipedia article on The Soulful Moods of Marvin Gaye, 
<laughs> okay, I have been listening to some back episodes of my podcast lately. And I can't remember what episode it was in, but I was taught maybe it was in the uh, right on episode. I was talking about this album and how we know that Marvin wanted to make jazz music in the early part of his career. He never stopped wanting to do it, but he really released albums on it uh, in the early part of his career. And I was talking about the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye because like recently at that time, I had discovered that I had this disc pristine. Like the only thing that I must have ever done with this motherfucker is take the outside plastic, you know, that little thin flimsy plastic. I had unwrapped that, but like, I know I never even played this disc in anything. So this was my first time listening to the album. And that's when I was giving you my observations on it is that it sounds like sometimes that you know it sounds like Marvin is singing with his eyes closed and that approaching the music Marvin wanted to make a rich lush instrumental sound right like that's what good of that music consists of but then I came to the soulful moves of Marvin Gaye and I was talking shit well I was talking shit (laughs) When I read this article last night, I was not talking shit. (laughs) I said that, uh, you know, that was Marvin's goal is to create the lush instrumental sound. Like that's what jazz is about. And especially at that time and his predecessors and who he was trying to emulate and, and just, you know, show respect to and, and try and keep the game, you know, going. (laughs) But on his first effort, his first record out of the gate is called The Soulful Moods of Marvin Gaye, released in 1961, recorded June 8th, 1961, as a matter of fact, uh, released then. And um, there are three instruments on the album. It is a painfully out-of-tune piano. (laughs) I'm going to tell you where you hear that is on My Funny Valentine. Ooh, Lord. When he starts to play on My Funny Valentine. Ooh, that piano is so out of tune. Ooh, it it hurts my ears. It hurts my ears. Um, Quick story. When I told you I was this age starting to listen to Marvin Gaye, 14, 15, I was taking piano lessons on the weekend. My dad is a musician. At some point, he was playing in a band, and the piano player in his band uh, was this blind guy. But he would come over to our house because they would be rehearsing and stuff. And we had bought uh, upright, old, like from the 1800s looking piano, one of those really high back uh, solid wood. This was a, like a 500 pound thing uh, piano. And that's where you would get into it to tune it. And so we one time had this this piano player that played with my dad over at our house to tune that piano for me because it was pretty out of tune. And it was really cool to see this guy, you know what I mean? Because he just was listening to it. That's all he could do is just hear it, but he was able to tune it, right? And while he was tuning it for us, he was saying that he had visited Marvin Gaye's home. Um, like, I don't, 
know if they do tours of it or I don't, but he said he had an opportunity to go into the home and he was just explaining like from the senses that he has to, you know, use, he was explaining like how big it was because he could just like, his voice was just carrying through the inside of the house. He was explaining that it was a very large house, but that was just, it was an interesting little tidbit to tie in with Marvin. But he was tuning that piano and I couldn't even really tell that it was out of tune until he was tuning it. But I can guarantee you before my man got on our piano and was tuning it, it was in better shape than this motherfucker is that Marvin was, you know, allocated to play on this album. But that's what they were explaining. And okay, let me go back to the shit that I was talking <laughs> In my previous episode, whichever one it is that I started to talk about this, I was like, there is no instrumentation to speak of on this album. Okay. And did I say there are three instruments? It is a guitar. It is a painfully out of tune piano and some drums. And I said, where are they making Marvin play the drums and the piano? Because he played both. And I was talking shit when I said that. And when I was reading this article, they said Marvin Gaye played the drums and the piano on this album. <laughs> but all of a sudden, tonight, okay, because I was just busting my ass last night to get these videos up and boom, 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 get them out, get them up, share them. I post them on my YouTube channel and then I always post them onto my Pinterest page too. Just, you know, whatever is your preference, how you do your social media, what you access online, right? So I put them in both places for you all the time. Um, so just, it, I was working to get them up, get them up, get them up. But tonight I came home and I just pushed play and I let them play in sequence. And this was the magic of that. And this was the first time for myself that I was fully able to experience and just very quietly and just completely absorb it and take it in. It was like, oh my gosh, guys. I have told you that Marvin Gaye is a percussionist and it is going to play out yet to come how important that is in his music. But sure, I've been told that Marvin Gaye was the session drummer on a lot of early Motown tunes, right? And it's, and I, they, I've even been told what some of the tunes are, but I never pay attention. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't even really think that I go and seek out these songs, but, um, I'm sure I've heard them anyway. I just never, I, you know, when it's a Motown sound song, it's, um, uh, the the word that just came to my mind would sound a little bit disrespectful, but I uh, absolutely in no way mean it to be disrespectful. Busy was what I was about to say. It's just that um, there's amazing lyrics and there's amazing vocals going on. And if it's a group, it's like, you know, the Temptations or the Four Tops. And it's just like a lot of vocal blending and harmonizing and or the Supremes, you know what I mean? And so it's kind of like the instruments are way in the background. You know what I'm saying? Like for you to be listening to a Motown sound song, to be sussing out the drum beat, 
you're working to be able to hear that. So it's a little bit harder to do. But on this album, there's three. I am not shitting you when I say there's three instruments and Marvin's playing two of them. <laughs> oh, but you know what? I am so serious that I don't even know if he's not playing the guitar too. Because I read somewhere, I think I told you this in an episode already too. I read, I think, you know where I read it. I read it in the liner notes of this, of the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye. It's not the liner notes. It's, um, the inside of the album. I think I explained that to you. I'm looking for this right now. I'm not feeling it. I think it's in my bedroom. Um, when on that disc, I opened it up. I was like dreading what was I about to read once I pulled out that little booklet inside of the disc case. And what I was so excited to see is that it exactly matches what you would have seen on the inside of the original vinyl. So they give this little essay. They're given like a little... Um, biography of him. Give me a second here because I'm reading this now. I know that I saw this where they were explaining the instruments that Marvin plays. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Look, guys, this is the reason why I'm really not even convinced that Marvin's not playing the guitar on this album, too. Okay. So here I'm totally wanting to give credit You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the inside of the Soulful Moods of Marvin Gaye album jacket. And it's what is on the inside of the thing. And I'm only going to read like one little half of a... It's a sentence here. I'm going to read a sentence. Marvin Gaye, a young man in his early 20s, is a talented drummer, guitarist, composer, arranger, and singer. And Marvin played the piano and the drums, but okay, so now let me get into the guitar play on this album, and I am going to talk about it because if there's one thing I know, it's skilled guitar playing, because my dad, uh, yeah, okay, so yeah, uh, hard to impress me on your guitar, okay, um, Whoever is playing the guitar on the album, I about could play what they're doing. It's do, 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 do. (laughs) There's, you know what, let me, I don't want to talk total shit because you get into some further songs and the guitar player, he's playing his thing. He's, he's playing. (laughs) There's this one song where (laughs) I swear I could handle this because I'm going to tell you how I would attack it. I would take the guitar and I would lay it on my lap. <laughs> I would pluck. I would go one, two, three. Back. To, it seems like it goes one, two, three, right to left, and then one, two, three, left to right. <laughs> and you're just plucking, plucking a string. Um, so <laughs> I don't know how well Marvin could play the guitar. But I could play the guitar as well as whoever's playing the guitar in one of the songs. 
Oh my goodness. But no, why this album just, I feel like the word I'm going to use to describe it is mesmerized. I just listened to the final seconds of the last song of the album. And then I hit record here because, um, I'm mesmerized. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is giving me the quietest ability to hear Marvin on those drums, dude. Now on the drums. Oh my gosh. Yes. My man's wrist action. You can tell that Marvin just had like the, the flick of the wrist, you know, the, the, the trick of the wrist to just get the thing rolling. You know what I mean? He's, he's very, listen to him on these drums, people. Um, that's what this album is for. This album is to hear, and I believe it's the way that I, you know, the little description that I put into the very first song on the album. Uh, the very first song on the album is I'm Afraid the Masquerade is Over. And what is amazing about this song, it is five minutes and 14-ish seconds long. That's a very long song for Motown back in those days, right? I told you, Motown songs, three, four minutes long. Um, Papa was a Rolling Stone. You know, that's when they got into some longer shit. <laughs> but, you know, it's, or, you know, like, but once we get into the 70s, the songs become, you know, albums and suites and continuing messages. But prior to that, like a five minute long song. And of course, these are, you know, previously written songs. These are standards that Marvin is doing. So, but something tells me that his delivery of this song is as long as it is. Like, I don't know that that song is necessarily always that long. And it's like that song, it's the first song, you know, oh my gosh, take yourself to that place and where we are today, right? The library that we have access to today and appreciate and understand because that song, even the little bit of instrumentation starts before Marvin's voice comes in. And then this, though, this is the first time that you heard Marvin Gaye's voice solo alone. Um, some things that I, I shouted out in previous episodes, it's like, I don't know if we've ever heard Marvin Gaye's speaking voice prior to his, you know, introduction to uh, Save the Children. And of course, yes. Like he has spoken on record before that. And I can tell you how far back that goes is, uh, they said that he did the intro and outro speaking of 12 months of the year. So now actually I need to listen to that song again because I didn't pay attention to that's Marvin in the beginning. I could tell that it was him at the end, but I have to go back and listen to what must've been him at the beginning of that song. Um, so that was Marvin speaking, right? But, um, and that's prior to this right here. But this is the first time Marvin Gaye as a solo artist releasing his first project. What was to come, what we already have access to, having access to everything today and from this place to go all, it's like going foul. It's like prehistoric, right? It feels prehistoric. 
it's so pure, right? It's like so pure. You go back. These are the first seconds. This is the first five minutes and 14 seconds of Marvin Gaye doing his thing, right? Like this is his first solo project. This is his first, what's he going to do? And so in this little Wikipedia article that I read, um, I about had it right. Like I have put together, you know, for myself, just based on the timeline, based on his discography, uh, what must have about been going on here? We already know this is on the record label Motown. This is in 1961. Similar songs coming out of there is, uh, Smokey Robinson shop around, right? Smokey Robinson and the miracles. Um, you've got early stuff with the, um, is it the Isley brothers? I think the Isley brothers in the early, early time of their career was on Motown. Um, you got, do you love me now that I can, I felt like that was on Motown. Cause I know they're on that Motown review black and white concert that I also have on the YouTube channel. Um, and uh, the uh, Supremes don't have a hit yet. I don't even know if the temptations exist yet, but definitely the songs that they're making are their own songs and it's a little formula, right? Something I'm going to shout out and I, uh, put it on my, uh, Pinterest fan board, the Marvin Gaye fans board, group board. Um, was it last month? I think it was sometime early and last month on Showtime. They did a biography, uh, documentary on Motown with primarily focusing on Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy is delivering it. And so this was actually amazing too, because in previous of my episodes, um, I explained that I would want to hear it for myself from Barry Gordy, Barry Gordy's stance, take side of the story about the supposed struggle, um, to release what's going on, right? That, I, I, I can't totally get my mind around that being such a butting heads situation when Barry backed these previous jazz albums that are completely off catalog course for Motown. Um, and he admitted it though, right? Like, I know I had heard him say this in some other interviews before too. Um, but I loved his vulnerability about it and just like his truth he he was like admitting so much that he was wrong about that um you know you and I loved this they really I have to admit um you know growing up in this time right so now I'm deciding that I want to hear Marvin Gaye I want to know as much about Marvin Gaye as I can um it's also like amazing to ever hear him on the radio right because he's gone now and so it's, it's really cool to catch him on the radio anyway, you know, and pretty much the only place that that happens though, is an oldies radio station. And so in my town, they do have an oldies radio station, but it's a really diverse mix of music. It's not an old school R and B radio station, right? So you're going to listen hard, uh, for most of a day to hear Marvin Gaye for sure. But even Motown, you know, Motown mixes in, but it's not predominant in the sound that you're hearing on the station. So 
But I would, so that being the case though, I would do that. Sometimes I would make an effort to listen to the radio station to see if I could hear a Marvin Gaye song. And, you know, nine times out of 10, I, you know, I'm going to listen for however long I'm going to go at doing that. And instead of hearing a Marvin song, I'm going to hear a Motown song though, right? And I, I pointed this out in a previous episode too, that there was a one time they were doing a Motown weekend. So they switched their format and they made it the primary focus was Motown music. And occasionally you would hear this other blended in stuff from that time frame too. Um, But that was primarily it. So I do have a lot of knowledge of that early Motown sound stuff anyway, just because I would just set out trying to hear some Marvin and instead I'm going to hear the Supremes, I'm going to hear the Temptations, I'm going to hear the Four Tops, I'm going to hear Smokey Robinson, I'm going to hear Stevie Wonder, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to hear everybody else and occasionally I'm going to hear Marvin and it got to the place a lot where I would call in and request the Marvin is, <laughs> this happened one time I called in and I requested, I think I asked for a Marvin and Tammy and the man played it pretty much right away. Then I called right back in. And this was back in those days too, when you would try and call a radio station and it would ring and ring and ring and ring. So you would just be lucky if they picked it up. Right. And then, you know, they'd have like call in contests and shit. I will say, I'm going to say this too. I have won several call in contests where the prize was Marvin Gaye music though. I remember the, it was that radio station one time they were giving away Marvin Gaye stuff, Marvin Gaye CDs. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I'm winning this shit for like back the fuck up. Everybody else dialing in because I'm going to be caller number whatever I had to be. And I did that shit. Oh, I sure did. I remember my papa had to take me downtown to that fucking radio station so I could go pick up my Marvin Gaye discs. I sure did win that shit but so i called in i requested marvin something marvin and tammy the man played it pretty much right away and so i think i was trying to train this radio station like y'all motherfuckers could be playing like marvin gay every other song so i called in <laughs> and he picked up again you know within like 10 minutes right of the last time that he played the last song and i called in and i remember because they never fucking ever played this song on that radio station, but I was trying them anyway this day. I called in, I called back, and I was like, yeah, could you play Marvin Gaye Ain't That Peculiar? And he was like, this guy, you know, it was hilarious because it's that, you know, the the radio DJ radio guy, you know, he's got his radio voice. And he sounded like that when he was on the phone with me too. And so when I called him and I asked him, like 10 minutes later to play Ain't That Peculiar, he was like, um, I'm pretty sure that I just played some Marvin Gaye. And I'm like, I was like, and what's your point? You know what I mean? And do y'all even have Ain't That Peculiar? They never, in all of those years, they never once played that song on the radio. So I asked him for it and he didn't have it. So, but that's just to say, like, there was a definite predominant Motown sound that was going on, right? And in this documentary with Barry Gordy, he was, you know, espousing himself as being like the dad of all of that stuff. Like he was older than most of them, you know, and he really was like the teacher. I think that's what he was calling himself. Like he was the teacher, right? Like, and he was just teaching them his values kind of of like what the mission of Motown was and like what they were there to do and what they were there to accomplish and shit. And then he was admitting that by the time that it came to Marvin Gaye um, wanting to 
create his project, what's going on, that he did have some hesitation toward it because of its political um, aspects. And it would be, oh, I don't know, you know, kind of like the equivalent of just really solidly wanting to speak out in contrast to some predominant social things that are going on in any day and age and that there could be some repercussions for loudly uh, vocalizing opposition to kind of a status quo, even if the status quo is fucked up and maybe you kind of having a financial picture um, thing that you're focusing on and not really wanting to risk that for just the principle of vocalizing what you need to vocalize. And I think like I kind of got that as the impression of like what was worrying Barry was the risk to kind of the place that they had gotten to as Motown Records, right? Like that was significant in itself just for the fact of they were this hugely successful, hugely being played across all radio stations around the country, black music company. And I just think that that in itself was very, very important to Barry and very, very much what he had set out to accomplish. And that something that could possibly, though it was principally right, could have a repercussion of affecting that in a financial way. I mean, I will say like the thing that I got from Barry Gordy, I feel like he said this about four or five times throughout that documentary about what his agenda was back in those days he said was to make money and get girls <laughs> and i cannot believe <laughs> many times he said that over and over again he was always saying that to smoky robinson like smoky robinson was standing next to him throughout most of this documentary <laughs> they just making money getting girls making money <laughs> i believe them you know what i mean like <laughs> My man was telling the truth, like he was telling us his truth. And so um he was just saying that. And in a way, I kind of get it like this was Barry's take on the situation. It was it was interesting, but he was just very humble when he was explaining it. Um, Like, OK, so let me totally go back to what I have told you is kind of this urban myth, uh, you know, legend about this supposed struggle between Marvin and Barry to get what's going on out is that, you know, is this very contentious thing. And it got to the place where Marvin had to totally say, fine, if you won't release this, I'm never going to record another thing for Motown. Like that's a, you know, can, can you go into your job like that and tell your boss that <laughs> um, you're rolling the dice, right? Like if, but trust me, I know you believe in your project if you're going in there like that. But um, there's there's also a chance that you could be on your ass after that. So, I mean, that's just a very contentious, that's a very big, that's a very blown up, escalated place to have to get to, right? And so the way that Barry, though, described this in that documentary, and of course, I'm paraphrasing, but it was to the degree that he felt very almost checked by Marvin. And these are my words. These are my words. Uh, but he was like giving me the gist of that. Marvin kind of put it back on Barry, his Barry's own words where he was like, okay, but you have taught us to, 
you know, like honor our craft and want to grow in our craft, like want to continue to get better and evolve. And like, this is where I'm at right now. And this is what I have to say, you know, and to be true to what we have to say. And this is what I have to say right now. And so it's kind of fucked up that you, somebody who's always been so encouraging of all of us to get to that level and to do as you say do. And now you would be the first person and, and almost like the biggest person that's opposing this and in not allowing it to happen. And so that was Barry's take on it. And then he would just, he seemed so humble by it. I mean, like in the moment when Barry was explaining this, he looked so humble. He looked like he just understood like how um, incorrect he had been in, in the thing that he was focusing on for why he was providing that opposition to Marvin being able to move forward with just having the access to get his message out. And um, so one thing I will say about that documentary, and I think the reason why I got into that little story about the radio station and just how growing up I had to listen to so much Motown. And I, I kind of say it like that. It's not that I don't enjoy like all of that Motown sound. Like today I was just thinking of um, probably about my favorite temptation song. Um, the girl's all right with me. I love, Oh, I love that song. Right. So I know the Motown sound. I know them. Uh, my sisters will be the first to tell you. I'm nine years older than my younger sister. I'm five years, four years older than my middle sister. I never wanted to play with them. Okay. I am a very old soul. I think that that's probably an understood thing, right? Like if I tell you that, you're like, yeah, bingo. And so I never wanted to play. When I was a little kid, I didn't want to play, dude. Like my, my middle sister, she fucking all, she played Barbies until she was in the, her teen years. Like it wasn't a problem for her to play Barbies with our baby sister when she was a teenager. Okay. They, they fucking always wanted to play, play a board game. My, she wanted to fucking play Candyland all the time. I didn't care about these things. I didn't want to fucking play dolls. I didn't want to play a board game. You know, I wanted to watch Dallas and Falcon Crest and Dynasty. You know, I was doing more, <laughs> more mature things like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, if I would play with them in the summertime, in the summer months, it would be like, okay, I'm going to play with you. And if sometimes I would play Barbies with them, they would break me down and I would play Barbies with them. But we would be like playing, I would put on, I remember we did listen one time to Aldro. Aldro had a current disc at that time and he had like this one really deep love song on it. And so I was like, okay, we're going to play the story to this song. Like if I would play with them, we would always be playing the story to a song. And so <laughs> occasionally I would play Barbies with them. But that was the thing with these two little girls too. Like if, if we would play Barbies, we would be playing one storyline for like two or three days because we were in the dead of summer. Didn't nobody have a job. This was way before any of us were teenagers, you know. Uh, I couldn't do it. It was like, okay, girls, we have been playing this for two days. Now. I'm done. I am. I'm tapped out. I'm done. And so to this day, they always talk shit about me that I never wanted to play with them. And, shit. and it's like, what's your, and what's your point? I can confirm that for you. You are correct. I did not. Because I didn't fucking want to play, period. But one thing that I would play and I'd play it hard with them is we would play Diana Ross and the Supremes. 
and they always talk shit. Of course, I had to be Diana, right? And they were Flo and Mary. You know, you guys are standing a couple steps behind me. <laughs> uh, so I know the Motown sound. And I watched this documentary, right, a couple weeks ago. And it was cool. But again, it was one of those experiences where for me and of course, right, we know I am obsessed with Marvin Gaye, right? So what I would actually really prefer is to watch a documentary that long and it's all about Marvin, okay? So of course, for me, it wasn't quite enough Marvin for my taste, but it was probably at about that point where um, Barry was very humbly, like almost looking almost like he was... He was very emotional. I, I don't want to say like tears, but he was very emotional about it. And it just really touched my heart to get that confirmation from Barry that, yes, he did give Marvin some opposition to being able to freely get what's going on out. But he totally appreciated that he was wrong with that. And then it was like almost the closing out of this whole documentary. The honor and respect that they showed to what's going on blew my mind and was totally appropriate. And I want to just thank Barry Gordy right now. Um, I'm very thankful that while we still have Barry Gordy, we got to give from his own words the, you know, just magic of what it is that he created for everybody to this day. And the I'm just telling you, do watch that documentary because you're going to get through a lot of it. And it's not like any of it is bad. But like I just said, for me, being obsessed with Marvin Gaye, it was not enough Marvin Gaye for my taste until it got to giving what's going on the absolute honor and respect that it deserves. So I have nothing but respect for what they did to honor and respect that in their history, right? That is their history. So, um, but you know, all of that, I, that's what I think is the magic of this soulful moods of Marvin Gaye is that, oh my gosh, people, yes, listen to my funny Valentine and you're going to want to plug your ears for those first opening notes. It's like, oh my God, damn. Yeah. yeah. That fucking piano. I hope they didn't use that in any other recordings before they had gotten that shit tuned up. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you too. When I've referenced Richard Olivier's movie, Remember Marvin, and Marvin is helping the man push the piano. And then he comes around to the front and starts playing. Before Marvin starts to touch that piano, though, I did not point this out. One thing that Marvin does before he touches that piano because uh, the lid was up and he gets on the strings. Marvin gets on the strings and he goes back and forth on him like a harp. And he's like, ding, ding, ding. and you can tell he was checking for this sound of that shit. Like, I know that that hurt Marvin's ears too. The, the, the quality of that piano <laughs> that they gave to him in this album. But no, we listen to this people. You, you listen to this album. Because it is going to give you the appreciation of this is the master introducing himself to us. Does he have so much growth to do? Yes. Oh my God. Is his voice and his delivery 
going to grow stronger, going to intonation change, going to um, confidence change, going to strength change, going to depth change. Absolutely. Yes, this is not going, it's prehistoric. That's what I'm telling you. You are going to feel like you are in BC times. Okay. But it's, you listen to that because that is what that is. Can you, uh, and you imagine, oh my gosh, in literally 10 years from there, we get what's going on. Okay. This is where it started. There's some, and I'm going to shout her out by name right here. Um, Patty Jackson in Philadelphia legendary radio DJ. And I fashion, I will even say I'm, you know, and I, I give this respect to Patty Jackson. I came across her for the first time on YouTube, of course, this year. And I listen. she, she does a daily YouTube show and it's just giving you the hot topics of the day and they are a hot mess. And that is what they are trying to be. They're trying to be the bright spot in your day. It's Patty Jackson. Look her up. Um, and so every, they do a daily show though. And, I just love her voice. So for my intro, I was like, I have to put on a radio DJ voice to introduce my show here. And so I definitely got inspiration from her. And but this is something that Patty Jackson says all the time. And this is true. And this is going to be um like a segue or the foundation for several episodes that I will have coming from here. But it is everybody needs to have an appreciation and at least a knowledge of where shit comes from. Okay. Whatever you think you're doing right now is not brand new and you would be kidding yourself if you think so. Okay. That shit has an origin. There are people that trailblaze before you. Um, you have an opportunity to be doing what you're doing because of what people did before you and know where your shit comes from and have a respect for that. And, you know, you might want to show that respect, even calling it out and one, you know, giving it up to people, just shouting them out and making it be known like, yeah, this is who inspired me. So like, we even have to know you got to step back to this album with Marvin to know, like, this person is inspired Marvin and what's going on. This is where what's going on Marvin evolved to, you know what I'm saying? But he started from here and it's just, that's what I'm saying. It's so pure. It's so humble. It's so, he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know what. And here's the thing. I listen and I'm like, you know what? If, if after I listened to this album, I don't even know if I would be down to ride. I don't just based on this album. I don't. If I was in 1961, call me a 14 year old girl in 1961. And this was the first album that Marvin Gaye releases. And I listened to this. I don't know if I'd be down to ride. Um, but I'm glad I didn't have to start here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that this is just the purest where everybody starts on something. Do you know what I'm saying? That's another thing. Like, you shouldn't really kid yourself. Like, I can go back. Let me, here's what I, me personally, let me go back and let me explain some things to you guys about my 
episode zero of this series and through episode one, two, three, four, five, and yeah, I think five. I had the worst cold that I have had in probably about 10 years when I decided to record, begin recording this podcast. Hold on. This fucking app, um, it'll only record for an hour and then it will stop and you'll have to start a new episode. But what it's starting to do lately, and I'm sure you will have heard that and I won't edit it out. As it gets to like 55 minutes, it starts doing this beeping noise. And it's like, excuse me, I'm recording. I don't need to hear that shit. You guys don't need to hear that shit. So anyway, I was explaining that um, when I very first decided when I, you know, the fire got lit underneath my ass to make this podcast, I had the worst cold that I have had. Uh, was I? Yes, I was like in my 30s. I'm not 30s anymore. <laughs> But I think I didn't have a cold that bad throughout my whole 30s. Like, this shit knocked me on the ground. I think it might have been, like, bronchitis. I probably should have gone to the doctor to get, you know, some type of medication for this shit. And it went around our office. It just kind of kept recycling through the office, too. So, anyway, like, I am the most nasally and congested that I have ever sounded. I, I don't sound the way that I did in those very first episodes. But then, too, episode zero, if I can't even listen to that. That's what I'm saying. Like, no one should really kid themselves that where you start from something is, like, your highest skill level in the game doing whatever you're going to end up doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I can't even listen to episode zero. I really appreciate you if you listened to episode zero. Because I have, like, zero energy... <laughs> I have zero inspiration. I, I have like zero, um, enthusiasm. <laughs> so if somehow I know, like, I think a little bit towards the end, my passion starts to come out a little bit that just kind of overtakes the fact that I have no enthusiasm and I have no like, uh, personality coming through. <laughs> so it's like, yes, humble yourself. Go back to where you came from. And just look where you can go, though. But so that's why it's like, yes, is this album? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could, I can handle a guitar in one of those songs. I can't remember which one it is, but I can go boop, 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 boop. And honestly, I swear to God, if I was in 1961, a 14-year-old girl, there's the music of the times going on around me that I have access to and on the radio. And I somehow got my hands on this album and I sat through it and I listened to it. I don't know if I'm down to write. Um, but I love that. I love being able to go prehistoric Marvin like that. Um, that's a gift. This is like the rarest of the rare, the purest of the pure, the thank you of the thank you. Because everybody has to start from somewhere. And oh, thank you, Jesus, what he became. Okay? I listen to him every day. All day long. For 26 years. I think most of you have your personal experiences like that with them too. Okay? So, ride back in time with him that's that was like the gist of the note that i put into 
um, I'm afraid the masquerade is over because that's track number one. But it was like, please allow yourself to go back in time where you are allowing the master to introduce himself to you because that's all he's doing. He knows that you don't know him. Right. So he's not coming out totally cocky. He ain't coming out with his chest all puffed up. He's coming out very humble. He's coming out very cautiously. Um, but he, you get little glimpses of what there is to come. And I'm loving the sound of his drum playing. The piano, I wish they would have tuned it for my baby, but you know, he's playing that piano too. And hell, he could be who we're hearing on the guitar. So yeah, the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye. I'm mesmerized. I'm mesmerized. And so, okay. Now to circle back to what I would encourage you. And what I'm, I, I initially said is the mission of my YouTube channel. Um, let me, before I forget this, okay? This is the, the fucked up thing about YouTube is that until you get like hundreds and hundreds of subscribers and thousands and thousands of listens on your videos, you don't get a nice tidy little, oh, go to my YouTube channel at like I can tell you my Pinterest, pinterest.com forward slash Marvin Gaye. You know, I can't give you a direct website address to get to my shit. They tell you that they don't let you get a nice clean little URL to your channel until you have like significant subscribers and uh, views on your videos. And I'm not there yet, guys. I got 18 subscribers, so... <laughs> I can't cleanly give you a little URL, a URL, um, to type in for me. Hold on. Let me just see. Cause like I'm going to it really quick. Um, the only thing that I can access is it's a view for if you are my subscriber or it's a view for if you are a new listener. Like based on the, okay, so it's like right now, youtube.com forward slash channel gibberish view as subscriber. I can't tell you that. You would not get to my channel. Um, so all I can do is put links in these podcast show notes. So now I was like, oh, well, how in the fuck do you even get to that? Because I was trying to access my shit on different apps. Now, I always listen to this. If I listen to my episodes, I'm listening to it on Spotify. That's just the most user-friendly one for me. I like the layout of it. It's easy to access, whatever. You can also listen to it very easily in anchor.fm, which is where I record and, and upload these to. Um, but you know, I'm on Apple iTunes, Apple music, Apple podcasts, whatever the fuck they're changing all of their shit over to, you know, it's like, it just used to be iTunes and it fucking basically is still iTunes, but they're just changing the name of it to like 15 different things. So when I was in that app, I was like, how in the fuck do I see my show notes? Because I always take time to write a little paragraph or two about what the gist of the episode is. And I know I can't see this right now and I'm not even trying to open it, but, um, in Apple, hold on. I do have a link to it directly on my YouTube channel. Um, when you get to the episodes, the way you can see the show notes is there is something that is an eye for info. Okay. Now, of course, it's looking different. 
All right, so I'm on my computer at home. It was different on my computer at work, but right now I just clicked on an episode and here's my show notes. So it's like a three paragraph little essay that I write to tell you what's going on in the episode. And that is where I will put the URL for YouTube videos that I'm linking to, um, or, you know, any YouTube videos that I'm referencing for you guys. So let me do this right now. I'm going to copy what I've got here, or I just right clicked and it says go to. So let me do that. And now YouTube is loading and it is thinking about it and it is pulling up the video that I made. Okay. So I would just really encourage you guys, like if I don't know how hard it is for you guys to find me on YouTube, um, just by typing in the name of my channel. Oh, hold on. Ah! Go away. Go away. Okay. Um, for a second, I couldn't find my own channel on YouTube just when I would type in the name that I called it. You know what I mean? Like they fuck with you until you give, I mean, and so the only way that you can initially get views on YouTube is you have to look at your own shit. So I would have to just like look and look and look and look and look and look at my videos until finally enough counts were on so that even when I typed in the exact name of my channel, I would finally show up in my own fucking search results. But the name of my channel on YouTube is um, Marvin Gaye's Enduring Gifts, okay? If you go onto YouTube and you type that, hopefully, let me do this right now. I'm on it right now, but I'm going to go to just the main search. Marvin Gaye's Enduring Gifts. Okay, I do finally come up. It's a little circle icon, and it says I have my little 18 subscribers shouting you out. Love to everybody that's a subscriber. Thank you. Yes. And I have 94 videos. Here's, let me just do this so that I don't lose my thought. It's called Smoking Pot. Because it just helps you to forget a lot of things. So, um, okay. When I came to my channel one day, all right, so now I've landed at my home page there. If you click on playlists, and if you click on song of the day, I now have 52 songs in there. If you click on it, I cabron, if I don't stop playing that, they're not even going to let me upload this fucking video. Um... Then on the side from there, it says Marvin Gaye's song of the day, Marvin Gaye's enduring gifts, one of 52. There's a little button. You can click shuffle playlist. You'll click that. All you got to do now use me as your Spotify, put headphones in, be wherever you are. You can listen to this on your phone. You can listen to it at your computer. You can listen to it on your TV, shuffle the playlist. I'm going to build you 700 songs okay this shit is free and i'm going to give you deep marvin gay okay um trust me rely on me and right now i just gave you the entire soulful moods of marvin gay for free you'd have to pay ten dollars a month at least on apple and that's the only place that i saw it available or you're gonna have to you know get a disc of it and do you have a CD player anymore? Like the only place I can listen to my discs is in my car. So, um, yeah, I'm just really trying to share the wealth 
here because that is exactly what Marvin is. And I got, that's got to be shared. So, um, yes, enjoy, be mesmerized, take some quiet time, listen to him playing those drums. He is a percussionist and he's skilled at it. Um, listen to him playing this piano. He worked with what he had. <laughs> like he just needed a little tuning. Um, and just the gentleness. Oh my gosh. If we've talked about gentle Marvin Gaye, yes. There was one other little note from the Wikipedia article is that they allow, this was a compromise. And I started to say this many minutes back, but it was that I have pieced together for myself. The struggle was real for Marvin. He came in, he wanted to do this rich jazz sound. Uh, he had to really fight to be able to get this to be his first project. And the only way that it came out was with the compromise that there are a couple um, of non-jazz songs on here. They're not full on Motown sound. You're not going to listen to that and be like, oh yeah, do, 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 do. It's not that yet. It's not there yet, but it is not, you don't know what love is, my funny Valentine, that type of thing. So you can definitely, you'll be able to hear them. Um, yes, just, yeah, it's probably, you're not like coming to this every day, all day long, bumping on this all, but it's just, that's what I'm saying. Like, we all have to have an appreciation from where everything starts from and just, you know, for my own love and adoration for everything Marvin Gaye, this right here is where it started from. This is beginning Marvin. Oh my gosh. This is like some hallowed material here. So definitely appreciate it. Um, you know, please make use of the the playlist. That's what I've gotten into doing now. It's like, damn, because I've got, okay. And hold on. Let me just give you a little update on this. So you guys have now, uh, most of disc three. I do realize, I think there's like two songs on disc three of the Marvin Gaye collection that I owe you. And I will, let me make that my mission. Uh, it might be tomorrow night. So I'll look for that October 2nd. Um, that will be added here. But now I've given you the bulk of volume four, the balladeer of the Marvin Gaye collection. You know, it's missing some, um, okay. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna act like sometimes these are not, uh, commitments. Let me put it like that. Okay. We're writing, we're dying, we're committed. I we're, we're in it and we're winning it. But, um, you know, it's not the most heavily rotated song in my playlist. All right. That's what's left for me to give you guys. Of <laughs> the balladeer disc off of uh, disc four of the Marvin Gaye collection. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, um, yeah, like, I'm not, I, I wouldn't really, um, but I'm going to give them to you anyway, because they exist and they are Marvin. They are early Marvin. They are a time, right? They are a moment in time. They are a time capsule back to a moment in time. And it was just like, wow, dude, you know what? Let me just right away. Marvin was like, uh, <laughs> I was listening in my car the other night. 
what was I listening to? I was trying to get some Drake and some Wayne. You know, I like to just cause my, my system, right? So I just like to like exercise it. So I was getting that going and I was trying to make my own little playlist and then I was driving to, you know, and so that's always fucked up. Don't fuck with your devices when you're driving. But I pushed a button, you know, it's on, on my, my steering wheels. So I wasn't like taking my eyes off of the road or anything. But then I was into, it was like playing me this random shit and some outcasts came on. But I remember like, there's one song where um, Andre 3000 is talking about how like everybody likes to be from outer space. <laughs> it just kind of, uh, Marvin was kind of on some different tip shit from day one, right? Like Marvin was just really always trying to do a different thing, dude. And let's just, let me end this video on giving us some facts of that. In 1961, when the Motown sound was burgeoning and really just, you know, hitting hard, Marvin wanted to do the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye. Okay. It's outer space. Um, in 1971, Marvin wanted to do what's going on. That is outer space. Uh, in 1983, the one, two, three, fourth time that Marvin Gaye was invited to sing the national anthem, Marvin took the planet to outer space. Do you know what I'm saying? Marvin was always from a different world. Okay. So. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's just sometimes, and so this, the rest of this shit from volume four of the Marvin Gaye collection that I have to give to you, just strap in, brace up, you know, do what you gotta do, and just know you're gonna be hearing Marvin coming from a different world where I was like, Marvin, really? Um, oh, okay, you know what I mean? Like, okay, because I'm riding with you wherever we're going. But really? Yeah, sometimes that is a question. Um, <laughs> it has value because it's Marvin Gaye. And I can guarantee you, this shit that I have left to give you off of the Marvin Gaye collection, if you don't have it from the Marvin Gaye collection, you do not have it from any place else, okay? So... I really do believe that this is like legitimately unreleased on anything else shit that this is Motown's shit. Okay. This is like songs that did not make it to these four little jazz albums that he was trying to do. And it's just like, Oh my God. So yeah, that's what there's left to give to you guys. And so I'm going to give it, but you know, there's just that little asterisk next to it, you know, Rock with it how you need to, but it exists and it, there's value to it. So, all right, I'm gonna let you guys go. Um, yeah, let me, I've, there are a couple, like I said, a couple songs from volume three that there's just no reason why they're not up there. Like I said, I thought I had done them when I first did it and I don't know if YouTube took them down, but I'm gonna try and put them back up and then I will give you, I think I got like five, six, seven things to still give you from volume four of, uh, the Marvin Gaye collection, disc four. And then, okay, hold on before I go. Disc one of the Marvin Gaye collection is called 20 Top 20s. You have those songs. I'm not even going to waste your time or my time to put those up. You have all of those songs, okay? Trust me, you have those songs. Um, 
And then disc two is duets. And I will give you those because those are some unreleased things that he did with Kim Weston. I already gave you one of them. It's an unreleased that he did with Kim Weston. And then I guess he did some duets with this lady called Oma Page um, that I don't think were ever released. So I'll give you those. Um, but then there's stuff that he did with Tammy and Diana, and I'm not going to give you those because you have those. So, okay. Love you guys, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Well, friends, that's it for this episode. Did we have fun? I had fun. (laughs) Subscribe to our show so you never miss the enduring gifts of Marvin Gaye. And we're excited to announce that you can follow us on Pinterest at our page, pinterest.com forward slash Marvin Gaye underscore enduring underscore gifts. There, you can see our gorgeous picture boards for each podcast episode, among many others. These boards are full of images of Marvin, capturing key moments from each episode. We're making this a listening and viewing experience for you. So until next time, thank you for listening. (laughs) 